Blog Talk Radio. Time to reevaluate your life decisions when you realize that you've gone through another season of Fuller House on Netflix. What the fuck is wrong with my life? <laughs> I hate this show, but I can't stop watching it. <laughs> uh, this is the original podcast. <laughs> I wish I would have. I hate it every time I watch it, but I'm like, this is so like terrible and unfunny, but. I, I need to find out what happens for some reason. <laughs> Nothing happens. Just stop it. <laughs> I have a problem. <laughs> and also, my name is Kevin I would Jank. say so. My name is Peter Jank. <laughs> Hello. And Kevin has a problem. <laughs> <laughs> I have a lot of problems. This <laughs> is just one of the multitude. <laughs> None of which are... Uh, none of which are not watching Polar House. Stop watching it. <laughs> I must just like pain. <laughs> Cinematic, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> You've heard oh, it here man. first, folks. <laughs> today's episode of Therapy Sessions. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, actually, we have other things to do today. Um, <laughs> we're going to do some uh, separate top tens here this week. Uh, it's kind of a, a little bit of a, uh, I don't know, a touch up, a, uh, a refresher on something we did a little bit last year. I think it was around this time, too, um, where you did your top board games, and I had done the, uh, like my top like, favorite comic stories of all times. Um, and you're, so this week, this time we're going to be doing, uh, like, you're going to kind of do a refresher on your board game list, right? And, like, yep. give some updates. Things have changed. Yep. <laughs> it's like a playoff standing. Yeah. Yeah, no. So and then I'm much, going uh, Oh, I'm sorry. This, uh, I hate this delay. <laughs> it drives me bananas. But, yeah, I know. actually what it is is. Uh, I'm going to be doing a, yeah, pretty much what Kevin said. It's just a refresher. So it's it's something that I kind of want to do every year. Um, that way, uh, I mean, so many other people do it, like on YouTube or whatnot. I don't want to be like everybody else, but I think it is pretty interesting because, uh, you know, your your top ten can change, and it's mm-hmm. funny to see how, I mean, I don't know how many people actually uh, play board games, but for me, like, I play so many different board games throughout the year, so maybe my top ten games can change and, you know, uh, differ and it's cool to see you know different games on the list just from my standpoint i think it's neat just like because it took me a while to make the list and i was like man oh no i'll move this here oh no i should move this one here and it was it, and i was like oh this is a brand new one and i love it more than this one now and it was, it was oh, fun cool. doing this one i liked it it was a good time nice. 
So how many new ones are there on the list this year? Ooh, that's a good question. Let me let me take a look here. Uh, let's see. Um, here's the list. So I've got uh, one, two, three, five. I think five. Dang. So I mean, almost half my list is new. So <laughs> clean the house. Yeah, yeah, feels good. Feels good to be, <laughs> be, be doing that. <laughs> feels nice. It's like I'm so, wearing a new pair of underpants. Yep. Yep. You know it. Instead of just recycling you know them it. five days in a row. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, I, I absolutely uh, like doing lists like this, just kind of seeing where uh, where I end up at the end of the year. So it's pretty fun. Good times. Yeah. I agree. Always good to check back in. Yeah. See what's new. And my list is going to be a little bit different than last year. Um, my top ten is probably pretty pretty much the same. So I'm going to go with, like, my bottom ten here, like the comics that just absolutely fucking suck <laughs> and wish I could purge from my memory. I can't wait to hear this one. I'm actually kind of excited. <laughs> oh, I can't wait for number one. It, it's going to be very upsetting. It gets me worked up every time I think about it. <laughs> now I really can't wait. <laughs> All right. So do you want to go first? Are we gonna are we gonna like alternate, or do you want to go do a whole list first and then? Um, I think I think the best thing is is maybe to keep uh, continuity. I guess we can just do I can do all mine really quickly. Oh, I mean, I'll talk about each one for sure. But uh, that way it kind of makes sense, and then we could almost like break it up. Like if people want to hear more of just your list, they can listen to your full list. Um, Yeah. So I can talk about mine, and then uh, you can talk about yours, and then, uh, yeah. So let's do the song, Kevin. Do the song. I like the song. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, oh, now, is there going to be a board game segment, too? <laughs> um, I don't. I, you, I really want to do a board game segment, but because I'm going to be talking about 10 different games, I feel like this is almost <laughs> its own board game segment today. So, um, that being said, no board game segment today. Aw. Uh, <laughs> Damn it! I know. Love that. I know. I know. I, I know. I can do All it right. if everybody Here really wants it. <laughs> right in. Hello, women. This is number eight. Now you can all lay them straight. Open the door to your fuzzy elephant. Nine, ten. Never sleep again. Chills me to the bone every we time. We made. We made. <laughs> we made it, everybody. We made it. So, um, <laughs> alrighty. So my, uh, I don't know. I, See, I want to talk about World of Etheria, so maybe that could be part of my board game. Oh, nice. But, yeah. um, <laughs> Apparently, it's not getting good reviews from children. <laughs> <laughs> we won't talk about that stuff. So I'm fixing it. I'm fixing it. I literally spent... I got back last night, and uh, I told the kids last night, I was like, I'm going to go home. And it was like about 10.30 when I left. I'm like, I'm going to go home. I'm going to fix this and stay up until I fix all the mistakes. And I might add a couple <laughs> new things to the game, but I will be awake. 
until this is all fixed. And they're like, all right, you're coming back tomorrow, right? I'm like, well, it's not going to be printed by tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Got to send away for this. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, did you stay up or did you like go to bed immediately when you got home? No, I was up until two o'clock in the morning. Or no, it was just it was just after two, so it was like about two thirty. So I was definitely Damn. up for quite some time fixing this. I hate problems. I'm not a big fan of uh, <laughs> what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, discrepancies. I hate discrepancies. And when oh, I find out my yeah. whole game is just like taking way longer and it's losing its fun factor because it's taking too long. Then I have a problem. It turns it, into so. Monopoly. Oh, yeah, exactly. And uh, <laughs> the game is supposed to be fast and fun, and you're just supposed to feel like you're just killing everything. So I've, I've changed some rules. I've changed some. Well, anyway, I'm, I'm, it's like I'm doing the board game segment now. All right, so <laughs> here we go. My number 10 is actually a tie, and I think I've only got two ties on here, and they both kind of make sense. So we'll just go with it. Go with it and flow with it. So uh, <laughs> my number 10 is a... Two games um, that are pretty small. Uh, one game is called Love Letter, and the other one is called Coup. Uh-huh. So Love Letter is oh, I want to play Coup. Oh, dude, it's so much fun. So um, I'll talk about Love Letter, though, first. So Love Letter is pretty cool. So it's kind of like Flux, where you uh, start with two hands, and essentially, well, you start with a card in one hand, and you draw a card, and then you play a card. And essentially what you're trying to do is knock the other players out of the game and the last one standing wins. So if you have, the, you know, at least one card in your hand and you, you beat everybody else, then you essentially beat the game. Um, and this goes through in different rounds and whatnot. So uh, it can kind of, like, manipulate, like, different cards that other people are playing or manipulate what you're going to play by, like, naming different numbers. This is kind of hard to explain without saying it, but... It is pretty cool because uh, say you go through the whole deck and the deck is pretty small and every single card has mm-hmm. a number. So if you're not going to try to eliminate everybody, you have to at least be the last one standing with the highest number. So if you're playing with like okay. four people and for whatever reason you could knock anybody out, the number of your card is going to determine if you've won or not. So you, you almost want the higher card in your hand for the end of the game, but Usually the higher cards suck so bad you just want to get rid of them. <laughs> so oh, no. it's really kind of hard to manipulate the game, but it's super fun. I really like it though. Um, that's love. Do you just have to have one highest card? It's not like a yeah. So total. You're only, right, yeah. So you're you're only going to have one card at any given time because, like I said, you're going to be drawing a card and then playing a card. So uh, after your turn, you're always going to have only one card left. Oh, so, at the end of the game, when there's no more cards to draw, you kind of got to determine, oh, well, obviously, you know, I need to have that higher number. Hopefully, we'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah. Pull one out of your face. Yeah. All right. So, then my next game is called Coup, which I've told you about a couple times. But this one's super fun, too, because it's also a very small game where you're, you have two different cards in your hand. So uh, essentially what you're doing is there's only five rolls in the entire game, and those five rolls do different things. Um, One of them allows you to gain some money. Some of them allow you to assassinate other people. And regardless of the outcome, again, you're trying to be the last one standing. Um, Each one of these rolls are hidden rolls, though, and that's the unique thing about this game is it's it's a hidden roll game. So you know the rolls of your cards, but nobody else knows what those rolls are. 
The best part about this game, though, is lying. You can lie. So <laughs> say I had um, somebody called the Duke, all right? The Duke allows me to take three coins from the, uh, the center pile and stash them in my, uh, my, my hand. And nobody knows that I'm the Duke except for me. And I'm going to say, oh, yeah, I'm going to claim that I'm the Duke. I'm going to take three coins and I'm going to put them in my, my pile. Um, and then on my next turn, maybe I can uh, play the captain, which is I can steal two coins from somebody else. And now at this point, I've already got, uh, you know, I just need a couple more coins or whatnot. But then I can claim I'm the assassin. Well, you just heard me talk about three different roles, but I've only got two cards in my hand. So <laughs> everybody's going to be looking at you like, wow, you're such a liar, but I don't know how to call you. Now, the cool <laughs> thing is, is you can challenge somebody and say, I don't think you're the assassin. Well, if you, if you challenge somebody and uh, they, they don't have the assassin or don't have the card that you're challenging them with, they lose a life, and one of the roll, one of the two roll cards in your hands are your lives. So, or I'm sorry, the, the cards in your hands are lives. So you'll have to play one of them oh, face okay. down, and you've lost that card. Yeah, you've lost that card. So it's like two different characters uh, almost, and one of them died. Yep, exactly. And one of them's one of them has passed away. So you no longer can use that role. You can no longer play with that role. Um, and now you've only got one card to play with. Once you reveal both your cards, you're out of the game. So if you challenge somebody and you are right. As in, hey, are you the Duke? They said, no, I'm not the Duke. They have to reveal one of their cards they've lost. But now if you challenge somebody and they are the Duke, they reveal the Duke, you lost the card, um, but you take the Duke and you play that in your deck, but the person who challenged you is the one who lost that card. So it's like a risky way of killing people, but it's just like the game's go so fast, it, it's fun times. Oh, it, I, I literally can play that game within like five to ten minutes. Um, and depending who you're playing with, it can be a definite blast. But that's my number ten uh, love letter. And, and there is more than more than one like Duke card out there, right? So people don't necessarily know that. Oh, I'm the Duke. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. So, so you can't cool be. Thing. So there's actually yeah, there's three of each card. So uh, when you're only got five rolls, we're talking about only fifteen cards in a game. So there's three of each card. So like. One of the funniest things that's ever happened to me is like I'm playing with five people and I know I have the Duke in my hand, so I'm like, all right, I'll take, I'll take three coins. And then the person next to me is like, I'll take three coins too. And the person next to them is like, yeah, I'll take three coins. And then somebody else says, I'll take three coins. I'm like, Wait a minute, those four people. And there's only three Dukes. Somebody's <laughs> a liar, and I know I have a Duke. Um, <laughs> so everybody usually plays that as their strategy in the beginning. Just, everybody's just going to say that they're the Duke and they're just going to take three coins. Um, and it's trying to figure out how to call them. Um, my favorite thing is to double duke, which means you have two duke cards in your hand. So, like, they oh. kill you, and you're like, oh, man, I have to throw down one of my dukes. But then when it goes to your turn again, I still have one more duke but in my duke hand. So, so, I'll, I'll, yeah. so I'll, I'll, I'll say, oh, <laughs> I'm going to take three coins. And I'm like, well, you already lost your duke. What, you want to challenge me? You want to challenge me right now? <laughs> so it's fun. I, I really enjoy it. Uh, um, cool. It's super, super good times. Yeah, it sounds good. Um, no, it, it, it's good. Okay. So those are my smaller games on the list. Um, like the fun kind of like almost like party games, um, at least the, yeah. the, hobby, the hobby side of the house. Because, uh, I mean, obviously there's other party games like Super Fight. It's a lot of fun. Oh, uh, uh, hell yeah. Uh, like oh, Cards Against Humanity. A lot of people still like that. Cards Against Humanity and the board game universe is like such a, I don't know, like a spit in the face. I don't know why. 
I mean, I kind of yeah, know why. Yeah, because it got popular. <laughs> Is that why? Yeah, it got popular, <laughs> and yeah, that's that's exactly why it's popular. <laughs> all right, um, all right. So my number nine. Uh, I can't remember if this was on my list, and I really wanted to have my backup list this year, and I cannot. And I didn't do that. I should have. I'm so stupid. But um, my number nine is a game called Munchkin. I love Munchkin. Um, this is another one that board gamers hate because uh, it, it's, it's such a simple game, and people go for the quick buck. And the reason how people use this as a quick buck is because of the theming. There's so many different themes to the game, which, in my opinion, is not too. It's not a bad thing. Um, I, I like that there's a different like theme for the people who have certain niches. So like for you, yeah, I agree. Kevin, you've got the, the whole Marvel, the whole Marvel universe is going to be slowly coming to this. And I'm not going to lie, man. I am. I'm so Don't they already have the Marvel getting... one. I think I saw it at the store. They do. Yeah. So the Marvel is coming. Um, and then they also, so they have Marvel in a, in a box and they also have two Marvel expansions, which add more Marvel <laughs> characters to the universe. And they just, uh, they just, uh, what's the word? They just said that they're going to be bringing out the X Men, an entire set yeah. of X Men. So the cool thing is that they're also because sometimes what they do with uh, uh, Steve Jackson is the publisher for this game, and Steve Jackson is also given the rights to a, another publisher called USAopoly. USAopoly is uh, a separate company, but they use the ideas of Munchkin, but they change like all. How do I say this? So all the previous Munchkins, if you bought the previous Munchkin and like bought all the different themes like zombies or apocalypse and stuff like that, they all have the same back, which means you can mix all the sets together. But USAopoly has taken that, <laughs> taken that from people, and they've changed the back. So you can only pretty much use, unless you sleeve your cards, uh, the Marvel Universe with the Marvel Universe and the Adventure Time and uh. Adventure Time and Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah. So they've changed the backs on all of them, which is, Good and bad. I mean, I I don't know if I'd want to mix Marvel with Adventure Time, especially where you've got so much Marvel. Thematically, to me, it wouldn't make a lot of sense. Um, but <laughs> anyways, um, so because uh, the cool thing is though, the X Men and the Marvel sets they do have the same backs, so you can mix yeah. all the X Men and the Marvel sets together, which is really really cool. Um, and that's why I'm like right on the edge. I'm not a I'm not as big a fan of Marvel as you are by any means, but I think it would be cool to have all these create. Like, I don't have any superhero games to pursue for fight, and it would be cool to have all these awesome heroes. Um, but yeah, anyways, I didn't even I talk need about to get Munchkin. those. So, oh, you totally do. Um, Munchkin is a really fun game, in my opinion. A lot of people hate it because there's a lot of luck involved, but I think that kind of makes the game fun. But essentially what you're doing is on your turn – you are going to be knocking on a door. And when you knock on the door, you reveal a card from the door deck. And if it's a monster, you have to try to beat the monster. Now, um, if you can't beat the monster uh, with all the different powers that you have, whether it be like maybe swords or different powers that will give you additional power, um, uh, you, you, you can ask for help. Uh, maybe like, uh, Kevin, can you help me fight this monster? And he'll be like, well, I will do it for two of, two of the treasures that you would get from this. And this monster just so happens to give me four treasures. And I was like, all right, that's half and half. Plus I get to go up a level. And the first person who makes it up to level 10 wins. But some people are like, when it's your turn, you'll be like, all right, um, I have enough to beat this monster. Let's say, Kevin, you don't want me to beat this monster this time. So you can buff <laughs> the monster up by playing different powers on the monster 
raising his overall level up to something ridiculous. And unfortunately, sometimes you can't beat that monster. So you can choose to run away, um, which means you roll a die, and if you roll a five or a six, you successfully have rolled away or ran away. Or if you couldn't run away, bad stuff will happen to you. And on the cards that you know, on the monster cards themselves, it'll tell you what bad stuff will happen. And that's part of the fun of the game. Um, essentially, when you beat monsters, you get treasures, and the treasures, especially in the Marvel universe, and I guess I'm talking about that one the most. Um, you'll be getting new powers. You can also get new treasures that will give you allies, a.k.a. the heroes of the Marvel Universe. So you can get, like, Spider-Man or Iron Man and all these different dudes to help help you on your team. It's almost like you're essentially building up your own team of Avengers, which is pretty cool. Um, and then, Love of course, it. you're gaining new powers or uh, new pieces of gear. Like, you'll have maybe one thing that takes up your arm, a.k.a. Captain America's shield. Or maybe you have the web slinger in your other hand, Um so you get to build up your own, it's like your own superhero yourself by using other people's stuff. And then, uh, <laughs> then you, you just have other people. Call you garbage. So Munchkin, <laughs> yeah, I, know. I just, I, I, I really do love Munchkin a lot. Um, it's a super fun game. Uh, there's a lot of laughs. Uh, one of my most favorite memories I think I've ever had is uh, I was playing a game with a buddy and everybody Nobody wanted him to win at all. Like, everyone was just like, there's no way this guy's going to beat this monster. So he's like, oh, my God. Uh, do I just have the bad stuff happen to me? I'm like, well, you can choose to run away. So he goes to roll the dice, and it bounces off the table, bounces again, and then I snatch it up, and I say, unless you want me to help you, but I'll help you for all your treasures. And he's like, oh, okay. So then it, it was just cool because he's like, I'm like, you have to roll the dice then. He's like, oh, and he rolls it, and I just snatched that dice up. Oh, it's so much fun. Um, <laughs> but I, I like the game because there's like negotiation involved, and you really—it's not just a, you roll some dice and you move your your character. It's all right. I'm gonna try to fight this monster. Is anybody gonna help me? And then I'll just come up with some crazy <laughs> tales about why they should help me. <laughs> I don't know. I have no idea. But oh, I, that's great. I like Munchkin. It's fun. Yeah, it, it it's hilarious. Um, but I'm a huge fan of Munchkin, so. That is Munchkin. Number eight on my list is a game called Xeno Shift. Now, this is a, uh, this one was oh, yeah. on my list last year. Um, uh, we've, Kevin, did you play this with us? Yeah, when we went, me and Nick went out there. We played it. Okay. Yeah, we did not sure. get too far. I remember. <laughs> yep, no, that's, that's the best part about Xeno Shift. This is, it's essentially <laughs> uh, Starship Troopers in a box. Essentially, all you're doing is deck, and you're taking whatever you've put in your deck to use it for uh, future rounds. And, uh, or actually, no, this one is, uh, you can use it. Like, you can buy different troops and buy different uh, items and stuff like that. And you're going to be bringing it with you on a mission. And essentially, you've got two rows in front of you. you got a monster row and a hero row. And they meet up in the middle. And you're just trying to do basic math and trying to kill these uh, different insects that are going to be trying to breach your ship. Um, and essentially, it's a co-op game, so we're all working together. So maybe I can't kill this monster or this insect here. Maybe Kevin's got this cool, like, grenade, so he can throw it to me so I can use that on the insect to try to kill him. So it's pretty cool. Um, we're all trying to work together, and essentially, if at the end of the game uh, your base is not destroyed, then you've won the game. I will tell you right now, it's never happened. I've died every <laughs> single time I've played this game. Every time. It's so hard. But I do. I wonder if anybody's ever beaten this game. I have seen people beat it, and somebody beat it, with, they had all the Kickstarter exclusives, so I don't know if I can really count this, but somebody beat it without oh. taking any life or any damage. I don't 
that's impossible to me. You, there's no, no way. No, that's insane. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's They're ridiculous, <laughs> dude. I, I, I watched the whole video. No, he did do it, but he had all the Kickstarter exclusive crap. Like, for me, you just play with the... Just play with the the damn uh, base game. You know, I'd like to see you try that thing. You big <laughs> yeah. stupid idiot. All right. So that's my number eight. Xeno Shift. I love that game. It's so much fun. Um, I know they came out with an or they're coming out with another one. I think it comes out in March, and it's more of these like crazy feral animals. So okay. these things are trying to breach your ship this time, and. Uh, what you know, the big thing with this one is is because when you're going to these uh, planets, you're trying to harvest all this like uh, I can't remember what it's called, but pretty much you're harvesting all these like different crystals that give you more money. Um, but you're going to these planets and doing so. So the insect planet was just like uh, just hordes of insects. Where this new animal planet now there's weather on this planet. So depending on the different weather types, um, maybe it's raining or maybe it's nighttime or maybe it's foggy. Um, that can activate new abilities for not only yourself but also the ins- or the, the animals. So it get, it can get pretty hard there as well, which is just delightful. Um, <laughs> I like when it gets hard. The ne- <laughs> yeah. You can put that out of the next game. <laughs> uh, my number seven is a new game to the list, and it's called Millennium Blades. Um, this is a great mm-hmm. game for the pure and simple fact of my childhood. Um, <laughs> my favorite part. My favorite part about buying a pack of booster cards, whether it be Pokemon or whatever it is, is just that that oh man, I can't wait to see what I got kind of thing. And that's what this game does. It essentially is a TCG, aka a trading card game, in a box. You have two different uh, styles of gameplay in this one box. You have the buying booster packs. So you're buying stuff. You don't know what you're buying until you look at your hand. And you're like, oh, sweet, I got this card. All right, let me buy another one. Oh, sweet, I got this card. And it's super fun. Um, and you're essentially during this, this time period, um, you'll be buying new cards, uh, trying to build a cool collection, and uh, you're also trying to buy cards to put in your deck. Then the second part of the game comes along, and it's the tournaments. So you're going to take the cards from your deck, and you're going to bring them with you and, and play them in a tableau and where you are trying to have the most points at the end of the round. And whoever wins at the end of the round gets so many points, and then second place gets this many points, and then third place will get this many points. And then depending on what your collection was, say you had a collection of, uh, I don't know, like five or six cards, you'll also get points on that, and then everybody else will get points based on their collection as well. And it's cool because it's a good uh, nod to, like, the trading card game uh, or just trading card games in general because you can bring accessories with you, like cool deck boxes or card sleeves, Mm -hmm. all these fun different little things with you. And it's super fun. I really like uh, how they did this game. Uh, Yeah, that was a fun one. But Millennium Blades. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember us all playing it. I know you got really angry with the whole point system. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I was like, this is bullshit. (laughs) Um. It kind of makes sense. Uh, I'm not going to go through the whole thing, but, I mean, it kind of makes sense because <laughs> essentially what you're trying to do is become first place. You don't want to base it completely off points because maybe your deck is not geared towards getting points. Maybe your deck is more geared towards screwing other people over. So if that's the case, then you're not going to get a lot of points because you might be flipping your cards to flip other people's cards, and you're only going to wind up having maybe 25 points at the end, but you made your opponent go down to only 15 points. Well, that's not a whole lot of points. Yeah, to bring that, to that should be your reward right there, though. You kept that. Oh, it is. <laughs> yeah, it's true. 
Well, yeah. oh, I guess I see what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> Not you wore a hat, so you get 50 points. <laughs> <laughs> you bitch. <laughs> um, but yeah, Millennium Blades is a super fun game. Um, I know I just uh, backed the Kickstarter to get, I think it was 700 plus more cards. So I'm super excited to see what else is in there. Um, the cool thing is, is there's all these different like sets. So, like, you have a superhero set or, like, the James Bond set. All these different, like, cool, like, sets within the game. And um, I'm really excited because I know that the new one's coming with, like, literally a TCG, like, community game. Like, there's a dude that looks like Ash Ketchum. And it says, uh, (laughs) you got to snag them all or something like that. It's, like, the different quotes that are on the bottom. Um, And then there's, like, a Godzilla set. So, it's all this fun stuff that I'm super, super excited to uh, see what they bring into the game. yeah, I'm I'm definitely excited for that. But Millennium Blade. What was that one card? Wasn't it like Rocket Kev or something like that? Yeah, it was Rocket Kev. Yep. Um, there's <laughs> another card. And all, most of the cards have flavor text. So, like, <sighs> the flavor text is so great. So, this isn't a game that takes itself seriously. It's one of those ones that mm-hmm. knows it's kind of goofy and funny, and it, 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 it's very tongue-in-cheek. But there was one card. It was the uh, the bear in the ranger suit, or the ranger uh, uniform. <laughs> And uh, it says, only you can prevent picnic baskets. <laughs> when I heard that, I could not stop laughing. It was by far the funniest thing I think I've ever heard. Probably the funniest thing I've ever read. Only you can prevent picnic <laughs> baskets? What does that even mean? Pretty great. But I love it. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> Anyways, that's number seven. All right, my number six is another game that just has a ridiculous amount of cards, and that's the Pathfinder Adventure card game. Um, so, let's see. For my birthday, well, hold on, let me back up. So, I think it came out oh. maybe la- maybe two years ago, I think, was the original base game. And essentially, every base game is its own campaign. So, there's different campaigns in this card game. So, you got the Rise of the Rune Lords, or you have the Wrath of the Righteous, or the Skulls and Shackles. So, essentially, Rise of the Rune Lords is your most basic fantasy-based game where, like, the first adventure that you're going on is, like, fighting goblins, and then you're fighting orcs, and uh, you get to the part where you're fighting dragons towards the end, and it's pretty crazy. Um, And that's your most basic fantasy campaign. But the next one is all pirates, and it's sailing on a ship and trying to steal other people's pirate ships and keeping them for your own while scooping up the loot. Pretty fun. Then the next one is Hell on Earth. Um, It's literally all these demons are breaking through, and you're trying to shut this rift. Um, and it's pretty intense because there's just demons everywhere. It's demons and devils and just crazy, crazy shit going on. Um, and then the fourth one is the <laughs> People have an orgy. I haven't really... Yeah, it's so good. Um, <laughs> but the Mummy's Mask is the last one, and it's based in the pyramid. I don't know a whole lot about this one so far. I have opened up all the cards, and it looks very mummy-based uh, for obvious reasons. There's like a lot of these hyenas and <laughs> all these crazy hyena mutants and mummy dudes and zombies. It's, it's definitely pretty cool. I'm really excited. To, uh, to dive no into Tom Cruise, though. <laughs> no, thank God. But anyways, uh, <laughs> we have all, uh, I want to, those last three sets that I just talked about, I literally just got them for my birthday and I cracked, cracked them open and looked at everything. And essentially what I wanted to do is just do this massive campaign where I come up with the campaign itself but I'm mixing in all these different aspects of all four of these games. Like, a, I'm on a pirate ship, a, 
escaping hell on earth while trying to get to the mummies, but there's goblins everywhere. I just think it's hilarious. Um, uh, and I think at this point, I have 45 different heroes that I can choose from. And the cool thing about this game is there's a... Yeah, I know. It's so it's so amazing. Um, but you can play it solitaire. Um, and the cool thing when you play it solitaire is maybe you just want to play one character and you're trying to use that one character to go all the way through. Or you can play multiple characters by yourself and just kind of manage uh, different hands and how each player plays. Um, or you can play with multiple people. Like if you and I wanted to play, I can play one character, you play a character, and we just dive in trying to go to these different locations, trying to find the villain and trying to shut that shit down. Um, <laughs> but tons of fun, like man. We do. I really, really do. Enjoy- yeah, yeah, exactly. We do it all the time. Um, but yeah, big fan of uh, Pathfinder Adventure Card Game. Um, I can't wait to really dive in and start making my own campaigns. Uh, and that's my number six. Um, my number five. This is a game I don't actually own. It was on my list last year, and it's definitely moved up. Uh, there's a lot more strategy, and this game is called Small World. Essentially, all you're doing is you choose a class, and you choose um, an ability. And there's so many different classes and abilities. So you can be a goblin uh, seafarer, which means you're there's a bunch of you, and you're really good at manipulating areas that are near water or on the water. Um, there's all these different uh, goblin, I'm sorry, uh, classes, and the classes will determine certain things on the game. And it's seriously, or essentially, it's an area control. So that means there's all these mm. different areas on the board, and you want to put your your characters on these areas, and then at the end of the round, you score. So, like, maybe if I had five areas, I'll get five points, and um, the most per, or the most points at the end of the game, the person with the most points at the end of the game wins. So you're trying to manipulate your characters and the actions that they can do to gain you the most points throughout the game while trying to stay in areas and maybe destroy other people. Like, maybe there's this one person who has a spot that you're like, man, I need to kill those people because they're gaining way too many points in this this area. So you just start killing people, and uh, it, it's a super fun game. I really, really like it. And, of course, uh, the first player is always changing, so you're not always the person who's going to get smashed on. You'll be the next person to smash on other people. So it's a super fun game yeah. just because of the fact that there's so many classes. You'll never see all the classes in one game. So many abilities. You'll never see all the abilities in one game. Tons of variety, especially if you get all the expansions. Uh, my buddy Sean is the one who has this game. I'll never buy it because there's way too many expansions. And I think the only person <laughs> oh, I yeah. could play with is probably Sean. And so I, got it. I know it's his favorite <laughs> game. Yeah, he does. He does already have it. Um, but, yeah, it's his number one game, and I can definitely see why. I know there's a lot of strategy, and he's definitely into strategy games. So uh, that's my number five, A Small World. It's a super, super fun and strategic game. Um, does that song play the whole uh, time? Because little robots that sing it. <laughs> it's a small, small world song. Play it the whole time. Oh no, no! Thank God, no. It's a small uh, world after all. You have to play it on a loop the entire time and see if you can not go crazy. That's the game. <laughs> I will promise you that the next time I go to Sean's, that's what's going to happen. I'm bringing that. I'm bringing that, and I'm going to play it the whole time <laughs> with a baby yeah. robot. Um. All right, my number four, I think this was lower on my list last year. And I think because of recent activities, it's moved up. Oh. My number four is Pixel Tactics. Oh, God, yes. 
So oh, official tactics yeah. is an amazing <laughs> game. <laughs> um, essentially what you have is a deck in front of you, and you're going to be drawing cards, and you're going to be playing them in certain rows. Now, depending on what row you put them in is what, uh, what ability will activate on your turn. So maybe if I chose this knight, if I put him in the front row, um, he'll have one ability. Maybe uh, he'll gain more life. If I put him in the middle row, um, he'll have more defense. And if I put him in the back row, uh, you I, I have no idea. But he'll do something different. You can also <laughs> play them as a one-time action as well. So every card has a one-time action. Maybe this one will allow me to just put three, three damage tokens directly onto uh, my rival's uh, hero or something like that. And then I discard him and he's gone from the game. Um, you have different different ways of playing the game, and that and that's also another great thing because there's so much replayability there. Um, and essentially, what you'll have is in your middle row, you have your leader, and then it's a three by three grid, and right there in the middle is your leader, and you're trying to uh, kill the rival's leader. The first person to kill the other person's rival or uh, leader wins the game. Um, very simple stuff. Now, the reason why this has probably moved up, even though I have been playing a lot more lately of this, so I, that's another reason because uh, there's so much more strategy in this game than I ever thought. It's just I don't know which cards to play. I can only do so many things. Um, but it's moved up probably more because they just did a Kickstarter, and I was very <laughs> obsessive. Um, or not obsessive. Yeah, no, I'm obsessive. Yeah. Fanatical. <laughs> Uh, slightly fanatical. I've set, I've promised hugs. I mean, it was pretty intense. Um, they released... Oh, so it's called Pixel Tactics. Almost all the characters in the game look like little Final Fantasy uh, uh, pieces of art from the old school games. Now, the reason it's moved up is because they released a Mega Man version. <sighs> so... The cool thing with this is they've done uh, all the Robot Masters and placed them in this cool little card game. You've got the Robot Masters from 1 through 6, and then they couldn't do 7 and 8 because they didn't have the uh, the rights or the licenses for that because it was a different, I guess, different wave that came through during that time. Um, yeah, that's trying to, and I did I find out that they are trying to do that, and it sounds like they're going to go, they're trying to get the rights for the 8-bit versions of the 7 and 8 characters. Oh, yes. Um, and so they are also doing uh, all the robot masters from 9 and 10. Um, also, a lot of the different characters from the Game Boy. So you got like all the Star Droids, the Star Killers, uh, a bunch of other shenanigans. Um, and then, of course, you got Mega Man, Proto Man, a bunch of those characters Bass and Treble, Rush, uh, Roll, Dr. Light, Dr. Wiley, and uh, <laughs> all the different characters. Um, so. Super, super excited. They're so thematic on how each one of them plays. Um, I don't know. I think I'll play with the other Pixel Tactics characters, but I Ooh. can't promise that. I'm yeah, I'd be like, so oh, screw it. I like Mega Man. <laughs> yeah. The worst part is, is like the original Pixel Tactics also had introduced like almost the Power Rangers. So like that makes me so happy that I need to mix the Power <laughs> Ranger dudes in with the Mega Man guys. I don't know. We'll see what happens. We'll see what. We'll see what the the weather brings, but yeah, Pixel Tax is a great game. It's very thought provoking because you're just sitting there and you're just like, I don't know how to play this. I might want to save this until I get to the the section where I could place people in the middle. I don't know. So it's just like there's so many decisions that you got to make, and it's so much fun to kind of just manipulate. So 
that's my number uh, uh, number four is Pixel Tactics. Number three oh, number four. is my other. <laughs> uh, number three <laughs> is my second tie, and this one ties them together. No pun intended. It's a game called Star <laughs> Realms, and it's a game called Hero Realms. Now, this one, Star Realms was on my list last year, but Hero Realms was not. Now, Star Realms would have actually fallen almost off for me. Um, it's a very fast-paced deck-building game, um, but I feel like it's a, it was pretty much just like almost any other deck-building game nowadays. Just you buy stuff from a market, you put it in your hand, you use it to fight your the opponent that you're reversing, and the first person who loses all their life uh, loses, and if you stand victorious, you win the game. Um, but this is a big difference. Hero Realms, that's something I have not seen, where your starting hand is completely different than the opponent's starting hand. So if I play a Paladin, I'm going to have more of these healing spells, or if somebody plays a Fighter, they're going to have a lot more of these uh, axes that do more damage and the way they balance the game is so legit. It's so ridiculously great. Um, I did a 24-hour charity event, and I played this game numerous times, and I loved it. Um, so much fun. Oh, my God. And just the way that your characters are, it's like, uh, if I'm a wizard, I don't know if I want to buy too many of, like, the high-attacking items. I want more of the spells because they're cheaper because I'm a wizard. So it's just it thematically made sense to me, and I was like, oh, my God, this is so much better than Star Realms. It's ridiculous. Star Realms in its own <laughs> is an amazing, fantastic game, um, and it's made by the same company, White Wizard Games, but, man, I'm so enamored with Hero Realms. It's ridiculous. Um, and now they're also releasing a campaign mode, which is also released in the uh, Kickstarter, so I'll be getting that. I think they moved it to March. But they're, they've also, they, originally you're supposed to get 55 cards, and those 55 cards are going to be in this campaign mode. Well, they just released an update saying, well, uh, i got good news and bad news. The bad news <laughs> is the campaign, the campaign uh, game is now moved out to March, and it was supposed to be January. I was like, that sucks. Well, I'll keep reading. What's the good news? Well, the good news is everybody's getting 109 more cards for free. And I was like, <gasps> oh, <laughs> Oh yeah, so, they, so essentially it went from 55 to about 160-something cards. And they said that's why they had to move it back because they had to send those images to the printers and make sure, you know, do some more game testing. And they said it's just a fantastic game. They released a lot of different artwork and stuff like that for the game so far. And it just, oh, man, I'm so I'm so excited. Um, but, yeah, Hero Realms, super fun game. I love it. I like deck-building games anyways. Um, that's what... Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, world of Etheria is, and it's definitely, uh, I don't know, I, I get a lot of intrigue from that and a lot of, uh, in, <laughs> the word I'm looking for, a lot of, uh, yeah, a lot of jollies know, no uh, in the pants, and you get an excitement in, pull. <laughs> uh, uh, inspiration, inspiration, not intrigue. <laughs> there you go. Inspiration. Yeah, oh, good God. Sorry, everybody, I don't read. <laughs> All right. But that was my number three, Hero <laughs> Realms. Number two, I think this was number two last year as well, and it's a game called Summoner Wars. Kevin, I don't know why I haven't played this with you, but it's a super great game. <laughs> um, essentially, it's almost like chess in a way. You set up your you – know, there's so many different uh, class or factions in this game. Um, you, you have a starting deck, and uh, you have a little card in front of you that – put your side of the board in a certain way. So you're going to be placing cards 
as your starting kind of template for the game in a certain way. And every single faction has a different way of setting these cards up. And uh, okay. then after you're all said and done with that, you can summon new guys into play. You can play new actions. And essentially you can move these characters around just like chess style. Everybody can move. And then uh, they can attack. And again, this is uh, another one where if you kill uh, the opponent's summoner, you win the game. It's way harder than it sounds, though, because the summoner can move around just like a king does in chess, but they can move, they, the difference is, is these dudes have abilities, and a lot of the summoners have pretty <laughs> strong abilities. So you're trying to keep away, like, get the fuck away from me, and if they get too close, then you're doing these abilities, all right, I'm going to kill you. Get, get the shit out of here. Um, <laughs> super fun, man. And every faction is so different, and this is one of the only games I know where they get this humongous team of people to playtest this game. Like, this game is playtested to death, and everything is so well-balanced. It's ridiculous, dude. Oh, so good. Um, you have different factions that play fast, so they can move a lot faster. Um, so, essentially, moving a, uh, a lot further, because you can only move two spaces with each, uh, with each character you play. But some of them allow you to move maybe five spaces or whatever. So you got these faster dudes, or maybe you can play more cards, or maybe you can attack more times, or maybe you can manipulate the other team by, like, sneaking up behind them or doing all these crazy different effects. Uh, it's such a great game, uh, and there's so many different factions. I, I don't even know how many, I don't even know how many uh, different decks I have. I think there's, shit, I don't know, 60 or 70 different decks, if not more. So tons of replayability, and that's what I love in a game is replayability. Super fun game. Oh, yeah. uh, I've played it definitely numerous times. Uh, I've won a good amount, but I feel like I've lost a good amount. But that's all right. I don't care. <laughs> um, and now, for my number one. One, number one. Dun, 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 dun. This game is probably always going to be in my number one spot, and it's Mage Knight. This game, as I said oh, last I year, is going to be tic tac toe no, not this time. More checkers. checkers <laughs> is a close second. Um, Mage Knight is essentially a board game where it's like anything fantasy. Like, I don't know. I'm a huge fan of fantasy. So it's like everything fantasy within a board game. Um, you choose a hero, and you go throughout this world, and you're exploring new lands and fighting new monsters and leveling up, gaining new cards, gaining allies that you find on the way. Um, going to monasteries and you can pray to get that really cool spell and, or you, you can be an asshole and just burn the monastery down. Um, but you're going to lose reputation points if you do that and you need reputation so you can buy stuff because if you have poor reputation, nobody's going to sell shit to you. So it's so oh. much fun manipulating the game and essentially you're just trying to find the one castle. You you heard that uh, somebody is in that castle and they're trying to overrule the land. It's just any kind of basic fantasy story. Like, oh, this guy is just trying to dominate the entire world by, uh, I don't know, absorbing all power from the land. And you, your job is to go there, find the castle, and then take down that dude. And it is, it is so so much fun. So much fun. And there's different scenarios, different different ways to play the game. Like, there's another one where there's another... Another dude playing, I'll only play this game solitaire. I tried to play this with somebody else, and I wanted to kill myself because the game takes <laughs> forever to play. So when you're having somebody it else It takes play, too long to get back to your turn. Yeah, it does. Um, it, there's a thing called, 
analysis paralysis. A lot of people call it AP. Essentially, on your turn, you're just sitting there thinking so long. Like, I don't know. Okay, I'll play this card. Okay. All right, if I play this card, I can move here, but what is the benefit of that? Maybe I want to move there. And you're just sitting there, God damn it, take your fucking turn. And then when it's your turn, you (laughs) do the exact same thing. It's just, you you don't want, and they're bored out of their mind. Exactly. So it's so, there's a lot, it's a thinking game, and it's a hand management game. So you're deciding on what to buy, so you can put it in your deck, and then on later turns, you'll pull that stuff to make your turns even more uh, advanced and greater and better in what in every way essentially um it's such a great game though and i know on boardgamegeek.com which is like the ultimate board game site it was like number it was within the top 10 and uh, of games of all time and just to put it to you this way they have every single game that's ever been made on this website every single one of them Chash it, checkers all those games are on here and Mr. Bucket. Up, there's 80 82,000 games in the world. And Mage Knight was in the top 10. Top 10 games. And it's because it's such a well-designed game. And everything comes down to the small detail and just superiority. I just love this game. And the quality, the component quality is incredible. Um, And they've had a couple expansions. I don't think they'll be doing any more expansions, um, which is good (laughs) because I'm fine with where where the game's at right now. I, I love this game. So um, that is my number one. It's Mage Knight. Incredible. <laughs> I'll have to play that someday. You you play that shit by yourself. <laughs> <laughs> in this I'll game and I'm going you. home. <laughs> I'll play with you. And just is that, <laughs> all right. So the one thing about Mage play without is, thinking. It's a very, uh, a lot of people compare it to one of the heaviest games. Um, not so much in weight, even though it is kind of heavy in weight as well. <laughs> but it is it's a steep learning curve. For whatever reason, I think there's one game, uh, I guess a couple honorable mentions would be just like Ascension. I'll just say that. That's my only honorable mention. Ascension is the game that got me into board gaming. I was told that there's a card game out there where while you're playing the game, you're building a deck, a.k.a. a deck builder. And I was like, oh, that sounds like a neat concept, a very cool uh, a cool mechanic. So I went out, I bought, I think, the base game and two expansions, and I loved the game. I was like, oh, this is so good. But unfortunately, there's other games <laughs> that do it better nowadays. Oh, um, uh, yeah. But I was like, oh, man, this is so much fun. This is, this is essentially a great time. And uh, I think the next game after that was Mage Knight. Holy shit. Holy shit, what a difference <laughs> in fucking games. That game is so heavy, it's ridiculous. I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. I want to cry. I had to watch, like, three to four hours of videos of how to play this game because the rules are so thick. It's like reading the Bible. I'm like, ah, oh, you know what? I'd rather not read the Bible as of right now. Let me let me just uh, not read the Bible right now. So um, I watched this watch video the Bible and with Charles and Heston for but yeah, I essentially watched a bunch of videos, and I think the videos are the reason why I got so interested in the game because the way the enthusiasm of the guy who was explaining it, I was just like, oh man, oh that's cool, you could do that, oh oh shit, and that's what you can do with the spells, and I was like, oh okay, I'm totally down on playing this, so I bought it, I loved it, I bought the expansions, I loved them, I was like, all right, Mage Knight it is, my one true love in life. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah. Love story. I felt it in Boy, my his cards. <laughs> yep. Cards. <laughs> and Schmeckles. Speaking of Schmeckles, I can't believe the Labyrinth game didn't make the list. <laughs> oh. So, <laughs> speaking of Schmeckles. Um, so, did I tell you that I played it already? Yeah, I don't think you're too big a fan of it. This is true. Uh, I wasn't a huge <laughs> fan. Um, it's, it's great. It's a shame. It's the labyrinth. So, I mean, you you got David Bowie in there meandering around and doing all these crazy different things throughout the game. Um, and then, of course, they pulled a lot of the imagery from the movie itself, which is also really cool. But, unfortunately, the way the game plays is it's just a roll and move. So, you roll dice. You move in a direction. You play a card. You do what the card says. And that's the end of the turn. It's essentially the the game is playing itself. You're not really you don't really have too many decisions in the game. So you're just kind of stuck doing whatever the game tells you to do. And oh yeah, unfortunately, it just kind of it just kind of fell down because of that, which just sucks. But it's it'll always be in my collection. Um, I'm never gonna not have it in my collection. I did find out recently that there there's a game store that's close to me that uh, you can trade games in to buy new games. So that made me happy, and Labyrinth will never be a game that will go into that list. Because it's Bowie now. It's worth it for the little figurine alone. Yeah, exactly. Unless you you trade the game and just keep that figure. I don't know what happened to it. I lost it. (laughs) I don't know. Yeah, super super love me some Labyrinth, but do not super love me the Labyrinth board game. Damn it. They, they had one job and they fucked it up. Should put more crazy yeah. riddles in there that you have to answer. Oh, there is. I don't know if I told you this card, but it's so funny. So uh, one of the cards is you, as soon as you draw it, you have to hand it to somebody next to you. And they say you need to, or no, they, they say you remind me of the babe. And you have to respond with <laughs> what babe? The babe with the power. And then you have to respond with what power? The what power, power of voodoo. <laughs> voodoo? Voodoo? You do. Do what? Remind do me what? of the babe. And if you can't <laughs> respond with everything, then I think something bad happens to you. But if you do respond with everything, uh, something good happens to you. I don't know. But it, it is pretty funny. Nice. That you have to give the card to somebody and actually do that song. <laughs> I, I, I guess I found that interesting, I, I suppose. That's great. They know what the yeah, best part that, of the movie are. <laughs> they knew all along. Um, I don't know. I, I thought that was cool. Uh, there's some cool That's stuff in great. there. Like at the end of the game, you have to recite the spell that Sarah recites at the end of the movie, which I thought was pretty neat, I suppose. Um, yeah. You have no power you know. over me. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. That's uh, interesting. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Mostly just... Mostly just stuff from the movie, which I like anyways. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I want in a game based off a movie is to be like the movie. Yeah. Win-win. Win-win. <laughs> oh, fuck. All righty. Well, I believe it is your turn for your list, sir. All right. <laughs> so we're going from the good, good games to the, to the ba- bad, terrible comics. And it seems like more and more these days are getting to be terrible. <laughs> I've been cutting down my list, and I'm trying to, like, I was 
pretty much going to turn my back on most like Marvel comics. And they're kind of doing some stuff with X-Men now that possibly I might stick around, but I'm not even sure if I want to. They're like trying to, it seems like maybe trying to recapture some of the 90s greatness, but I don't know. I think it's just too, too far gone at this point. But uh, so these are some, some terrible comics uh, that you should definitely not ever read um, and just need to not exist. <laughs> I want to read some it. Are, uh, you'll, there's a whole bunch of different reasons. Some of them are just terrible stories, you know, but we'll get there. Uh, so my number 10, I would have put this higher, but I've already talked about it on the show before. Uh, when I talked about how much I love the first ongoing Deadpool uh, series, like the first 33 issues that were written by Joe Kelly, and how the, the writer yep. who came on right after him was a guy named Christopher Priest. And his run on Deadpool was one of the worst things I've ever read. <laughs> he just, I don't know why they picked him for this book. It was terrible. Like, all the humor was based around, like, two jokes, neither of which were funny even the first time, let alone when they repeated it, like, 1,700 times. It was basically all he did was, like, make jokes about how Taco Bell made him poop and... There was some kind of thing about, I got two things to say. The first is shut up or something like that. It's like, what? This is like his catchphrase? Like, this is retarded. It doesn't even make sense. <laughs> shut up. <laughs> I'm like, who came up with this? And, like, they had, at the beginning of the run, like, uh, Loki showed up and he claimed to be Deadpool's father, which they ended up, you know, proving was not true. But, and he, like, cursed Deadpool so that he looked like Tom Cruise. But they couldn't even, like, I guess they didn't want to, you know, do any copyright infringement or something, so they had to spell it weird, and it was like T-H-O-M-C-R-U-Z-E or something. It's like, Thom? <laughs> what the fuck kind of a name is Thom? <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty just, bad. Everything about it was terrible. Oh, I, I just I hate it so much. Luckily, like, in the last, you know, 15 years or so, they've Kept even the Deadpool writers I don't like as much. Like none of them has been as terrible as this guy was. I don't understand why why they picked him for this. But do other people have yeah, like the same like uh, opinions of you with this series? Do you know? I don't know. I should look that up. I got to imagine they do because I don't know who could have liked it. <laughs> uh, I, I'm probably in agreement with you. I mean, I don't know much about the whole. The whole universe. I mean, anyways, I definitely but... I could see that happening because Deadpool. I mean, the, his popularity really didn't kick off till the last couple of years. Like there was a point, like after this run, there was a short run by this uh, other guys who did like a very serious kind of dark book of Deadpool for a little bit, and then this other Frank Thierry guy. He he did a little bit of a run that was okay, but basically not too long after this, like they had actually canceled Deadpool's book. And oh. it became this Agent X thing, and, like, that didn't really work. <laughs> so they brought Deadpool back, and since then, it's, it's, he's, you know, been gaining popularity. So I have to imagine this book, you know, this run was kind of one of what started <laughs> the collapse of that book. Huh. Peculiar. Because <laughs> the Joe Kelly stuff, I know people like that. Like, they, they brought him back recently to do that Spider-Man Daredevil or Spider-Man Deadpool and it's that book's great but nice this guy I, I don't understand like I know he was writing Black Panther at the time as well and I think people like that one but clearly I mean this is not the same <laughs> maybe he can write a serious character but he definitely can't write a 
a, a funny character <laughs> to save his life. <laughs> and, All right. So my number nine is going to be a comic called Marvel Boy. This came Everybody's out, I want to say it was like, yeah, a real classic. Everyone's, everyone's always talking about. Um, this came out like 1999, 2000, somewhere around there. Uh, it was a Marvel limited series. I think it was like four issues long. And I think I only picked it up because I somehow thought, based on the name, that it was going to be tied into Captain Marvel. And I liked the guy who was Captain Marvel at the time that had kind of spun out of the Hulk and stuff like that. So I, I thought it was going to be tied to that somehow, but it really wasn't. <laughs> um, and it's, it's a story that, like, Marvel Boy was apparently he's like a Kree who's like this alien race, but he's not even from our universe. So I think he was from another universe. It's really hard to track because it was written by this guy, Grant Morrison, who is, uh, he's written a bunch of stuff. He wrote some X-Men stuff after this, and he wrote Batman semi-recently when they, you know, kind of they killed Batman off and Dick Grayson was Batman and that kind of stuff. Um, he's like the Scottish guy who, like, I think he's, I think I have heard him in interviews talking about how he likes to do, like, psychedelic drugs and this kind of stuff. So his oh, stuff okay. is generally kind of trippy and uh, very, like, intellectual, but in a way that doesn't make much sense. <laughs> And just the way, like, he writes dialogue and stuff, it's like, I, I'm not following this at all. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't help that he's Scottish, so I think, you know, he's got different words for stuff and all that kind of thing. But yeah, I, I, I think I reread this thing a couple of years ago just to see if it was still as bad as I thought, and I still was like, I, don't, I can't understand what the fuck is happening here. <laughs> Because I think he was, like, traveling through different dimensions, but it's all worded so weird that you, I don't even know. And there's some guy who just has, like, a gold version of Iron Man's armor, and he calls himself Midas, and it's just like, oh, are they going to explain this at all? No. <laughs> all right. <laughs> okay. So it's just one of those things where, like, every, every word balloon you're reading, it's like, I, I don't understand. <laughs> I'm just going to put this down. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean I did like some of his Batman stuff was pretty good especially when I went back and reread that like you kind of pick up a lot because he was definitely planting seeds all the way along so that it kind of makes more sense when you read it all in, you know, mm -hmm. in, a, in a group rather than over a couple of years uh, his X-Men stuff I didn't like that either <laughs> but it didn't quite make the list but it's, it's darn close because it just did not feel like the X-Men at all but so I, Grant Morrison seems like a good dude, and he seems very smart, and I like, like hearing him in interviews, but uh, that Marvel Boy thing was just a, a real stinker. Let's <laughs> <laughs> uh, see, number eight. <laughs> there is a guy named Paul Jenkins, who will come up again on this list later on. So clearly you can tell I'm, I'm not a fan. Uh, but he, in like the late, I think it was the very end of the 90s, maybe, like same time period, early 2000s, which I think a lot of these were from that period, so you can tell that was a very dark time for comics. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> he, was, he was writing the Hulk for a little bit, and they brought him in, and it was just terrible. Like, Peter David, who I talked about before, he's one of my favorite comic book authors, he had done some really good stuff with the Hulk, and they had fleshed out all this stuff. I think it started a little bit before he started, but he really fleshed it out. 
where, like, you know, the Hulk, he had been abused by his dad and stuff. His dad was beating him and his mom. And so, like, he had kind of developed, he had, like, learned to repress everything, like, all his rage and his emotions, essentially. And then it kind of led him to have multiple personalities, which kind of came out when he got hit by the gamma radiation. And so the Hulk was just really a, a physical manifestation of one of his, you know, multiple personalities. And uh, there was, like, the Green Hulk and the Gray Hulk. And, like, during the Peter David run, he had been kind of merged. Like, they did some psycho, like, uh, his psychiatrist kind of merged all the Hulks, like, merged the two Hulks and Bruce Banner so that it was now, like, the, you know, the, this, like, smart Hulk. So he had, like, Bruce Banner's whole range of emotions and his intellect and everything just in the Hulk's body. And there was all kind yeah. of cool stuff like that. And eventually they kind of got separated and that kind of thing. But Peter David's run ended. It was really good. And then... There was a couple things in between that weren't spectacular, but this Paul Jenkins stuff, this is what really pissed me off. Is they had, Like I said, they had done this whole thing with the Green Hulk where he was just kind of like his id, like the, the pure instinct, you know, part of him. Just wants to be left alone, just wants to smash if people, you know, get in his face. Like the Gray Hulk was kind of like all the, you know, the desires he had repressed, like all, anything perverted or... Uh, just, you know, desire for women or money, anything like that. He had tried to repress, like, that was kind of, the, you know, the gray Hulk. But then yeah. in this Paul Jenkins run, he, like, decided, oh, that's not nearly enough. Let's, there's, like, a million Hulks inside his head. <laughs> there's, like, a snake Hulk and a fucking clown Hulk. And, yeah, it made no fucking sense. <laughs> it was like, now you just took it way too far. <laughs> And he had, like, some kind of brain tumor, so it, you didn't know which Hulk was going to come out when he would, like, when he would Hulk out Hulk at this out. point. And so it was just the dumbest thing. Like, they took it way too far. I mean, it was a very well-thought-out psychological, you know, profile of the Hulk earlier. But now it's like, oh, yeah, there's a million Hulks. And apparently that when they had merged all the Hulks, they just created another Hulk. So it wasn't actually merged. It was just one more of these multiple, many, you know, millions of personalities. And it's like, oh, God, you ruined it. <laughs> you ruined what was a really good story. That's pretty stupid. Yeah. Why would somebody, like, who didn't start the story out finish the story? They do that a lot. They'll end up, you know, wrecking something that happened in the past by, you know, retconning it, essentially. Which, oh, we'll be talking about about that again later. <laughs> All right. And how I wish they would retcon that away. But so yeah, Paul Jenkins, this guy was terrible. Um, let's see, number seven. Oh, here we go. Inhumanity: The Awakening. This was a two-issue limited series. It came out not that long ago. I want to say you know two, three years ago. Uh, there had been this whole thing during one of Marvel's big crossovers where the Inhumans. They were this you know this group of humanity that had been experimented on by aliens. And, you know, they had, their bloodline had gone down through the ages and that kind of stuff. But you didn't really turn into an inhuman until you're exposed to uh, these, chari- these charging crystals. Oh, I'm sorry. I missed what you said. I had somebody knocking at my door. <laughs> oh, shit. This is the place. They're like, you're having too much fun in here. Just stop it. And <laughs> Put your pants on, please. <laughs> I said, no, get out of my place. This isn't for you. This is for me. <laughs> so, 
So yeah, like the Inhumans, basically you don't turn into an Inhuman until you're exposed to these Terrigen Crystals. So during this big event, the Terrigen Crystals had kind of crashed to Earth and got sent into the atmosphere. So there's a cloud of these crystals going across the world, and anybody who didn't even know they had inhuman DNA in them, they would turn into an inhuman. Huh. Which, you know, that's fine. So they had done, through a bunch of the monthly books, they had done things where, you know, somebody, maybe one of the cast members had turned into an inhuman, or they were dealing with people who had turned into inhumans. Like when they would become inhumans, they'd go into a cocoon, and then they emerge from the cocoon with, like, new abilities, you know, like... Actually, they're inhuman powers. Um, but this, this Inhumanity, the Awakening, was just a limited series. It was a two-issue thing where I, it was completely unnecessary because they were dealing with people coming out of these cocoons throughout all a bunch of the other books. This was basically just a couple of the young superheroes, like, dealing with one cocoon that really was uneventful for the most part. <laughs> but it took two yeah. issues to tell. <laughs> and... I mean, it was a char- like the character that came out like never went anywhere. It's not like oh, they introduced this new character that you know they're really going to build a build a, a book around. No, it, right. I don't think you ever saw that character again. But the very worst part about this thing was the entire time there was this ongoing like Twitter dialogue at the top of like every fucking box of just like random huh. people like on Twitter like you know, like doing tweets about this inhuman things and, oh, I think the inhumans are good, blah, blah, blah. And like, they should be treated with respect. And it's just like, oh my God, it's like all like a hashtag this and blah, 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 this. It's like, Jesus Christ, this is the most annoying thing to read I've ever seen. That's just awful. And it was just ongoing the entire time. It's like, I don't care about what the fuck, like, random made-up people think about the Inhumans? What <laughs> do I care? <laughs> it's like getting, I, wouldn't, I don't like, even read... Tw- tw- I don't read Twitter at all just because it like, doesn't make sense. People it's all just abbreviations and like, at this person, it's like, fuck, I can't even follow this and now you're making me read it in a comic. It's like, uh, th- that story was meant for girls who like gossip. <laughs> Pretty much. That's, oh, that's what I'm learning. Terrible. Yep. <laughs> I fear that's the way it's going. We got to cater to to the young kids. You can't understand unless there's Twitter involved. <laughs> yep. Oh, there's Twitter. Oh, this is what they think about him. Good. That's what I need. <laughs> I need your opinions. I don't want the facts anymore. <laughs> It's going to be great when, like, every fucking, like, a couple of years from now, people are going to be watching everything from this time period, and it's like, what the fuck is all this hashtag bullshit? Like, every joke in every movie is about hashtags. It's like, what the fuck is that? Oh, I know. That's true. <laughs> no one's going to even remember as long as anymore. Hashtag, as long as hashtag drive-by is still a thing, I'm okay with it. <laughs> that was the only acceptable one I've ever heard in my yeah, life. I know. Because <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> All right. So my number six uh, is going to involve Buffy the Vampire Slayer. We're going outside of the Marvel Universe this time. Oh, my God. Um, Yeah. So obviously I like Buffy the show. Uh, it ran for seven seasons, and then probably seven or eight years after the show ended, they started doing a season eight comic book 
Um, and it's kind of kept going. And there were, like season 11 just kind of started uh, in a comic book just recently, like last month, I think. Um, season 8, I thought, started out pretty good. It ended pretty terribly. But then came season 9, which was just way worse. <laughs> so the season 9 uh, of Buffy in the comic book form was just brutal, especially, like, right in the middle, they had a two-issue storyline that basically didn't involve pretty much anybody until, like, the very last pages, I think, of the second issue, it finally, like, Buffy appeared. But it was all about some gay kid in, like, the middle of the country, like Kansas or something like that. And he was just, he has no powers. He's in no way connected to anybody or anything. But he just decides, oh, I'm a vampire slayer, and I'm going to fight vampires. And his, like, boyfriend becomes his watcher. <laughs> and it's like, what? No. <laughs> it's like, first of all, the slayers are always women. And it's only supposed to be one per generation, but then she did this thing where, like, a whole bunch of other women got these powers as well. But still, you're a dude. <laughs> Last I checked, gay, women, gay men are not actually women. <laughs> so, and he had no powers. So he just decides, I'm a vampire slayer. And we're supposed yeah. to watch this for fucking two issues? Like, who gives a fuck? <laughs> this guy doesn't know any of the main characters of the show. He does, he's in no way connected to them. He's in a completely different area of the country. It's like, why the fuck do I care? Yeah. I don't know why. They and it's just that. like, yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Like, why would he? I'm like, why is this guy calling himself a vampire slayer when he has nothing to do with this? Like, there's people who Buffy is friends with who, like, he's, you know, they fought vampires with her for years, and they don't even refer to themselves as slayers. So it's just like, this is bullshit. Then they tried to work him into the storyline, and it was, just, it was just awful. It was clear they were just like, oh, we guess we should add a gay character. You know, they already had Willow, who was you know, a lesbian for many years at this point. I don't think anybody's wanted that. Nobody's, nobody's <laughs> wanted that. And then actually in season 10, this guy Andrew had been there for a long time. He came out of the closet. Like, he always seemed kind of gay. <laughs> And they finally had yeah. him go full gay. And that was fine. Like, that was good. Like, okay, people like Andrew. <laughs> He's not just some random dude from the middle of the country that you tried to throw in the book for no reason. Strange. I don't like when people do that shit. <laughs> just garbage. It was just, it was a terrible story. And it just dragged down the entire season, which, I mean, the whole season was not great. But that was the low point. <laughs> It's reached its end now. Just stop it. <laughs> Go away. Um, my number five involves a, a writer by the name of Joe Casey. Um, again, in like the late 90s, early 2000s, he kind of came on the scene mostly writing uh, Cable and X. Uh, yeah, he was writing Uncanny X-Men, I think, at the time. So two of the you know, X-Men family books. And both of them were just terrible under his run. <laughs> like, this was a very dark time for the X-Men. This was kind of like after the movies had started, and they were like, oh, let's have them be more like the movies and get rid of the costumes and have them wear, like, black leather jackets and stuff. It's like, no. Oh, <laughs> no one wants this. I don't want to see Wolverine with no mask and a fucking leather jacket. It's not the Wolverine. I yes, want you do. He's box. entered the Matrix now. He's entered the Matrix. <laughs> Let him be. 
<laughs> but so that already is, is rubbing me the wrong way. And then his run on the book was just stupid. Like, he introduced, like, some new character called Stacy X, I think her name was. And she was a prostitute. Like, she was this, like, snake. She had kind of snake-like features. And she had, like, pheromone powers where she could, like, control your mind with her pheromones or something like that. Or make you experience things just with her her sense. <laughs> I'm listening. That she would give off. <laughs> and, like, she uh-huh. was a prostitute. <laughs> What's the bet? And, like, they made, her, they made her the they made her the focus of the book. It's like, what about all the, um, you know, characters that we already like? Nope. <laughs> it's going to be mostly Stacey X from here on out. It's like, great. <laughs> That's just what I needed. <laughs> and I think this was the run that really kind of started sucking the fun out of Nightcrawler, who had always been like this, you know, swashbuckling adventurer. And this was like when he started really becoming super religious. Like he'd always been somewhat religious, but this was like he started becoming like a priest and stuff like that. And it's like, oh, <laughs> I miss when he was having fun and cracking jokes. And... No, no, he's just sad, <laughs> serious all the time. <laughs> and his run on Cable was just as bad. Like he, you know, Cable had been with that Domino that I told you about when we were talking about like new music oh, and stuff yeah. like that. He kind of yeah. had a little on again, like a little fling or a you know possible fling going with Storm. But then in this Joe Casey uh, run, he just starts dating some waitress at a diner who has like a son with special needs or something like that. It's like, yes, this is what a time traveler from the future, a book about a time traveler from the future should be worrying about is a waitress and her child. <laughs> That's what I come to the comics for. <laughs> <laughs> I just, yeah, I, I just did not enjoy any of it. And the, the, it didn't help that the artist on cable, like, I hated him. This guy, Ladron, it was just some of the, yeah. ugh, it was bad art, which did not help the thing any. Oh, hmm. no, number, number four, we're back to Paul Jenkins. <laughs> He's doing well. This is terrible. <laughs> This is terrible. Hulk run wasn't bad enough. He also was writing one of the Spider-Man books around the same time. Although at least the Hulk run was short, whereas he was on that Spider-Man book for a good while. Um, And again, he just managed to be terrible at it. (laughs) Like all the stories, I mean, they were just never good. Um, He would try to like introduce new villains that were stupid as hell. Like, all I really remember was one, there was a guy named Typeface who just was like this scrawny dude wearing like an army uniform and he had like um, letters all over him that he would throw at people. And they would be like sharp. <laughs> what was like, wow. Typeface? Typeface. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, I wonder why Everybody's this hasn't favorite. taken off. <laughs> you better. I hope he's in the Marvel... Uh... The Marvel Munchkin. <laughs> yeah, he better be. <laughs> I don't think any other writer since has ever used any of these characters because they were all so terrible. <laughs> and then the worst part of all, though, uh, there was at one point where I really, really just realized I'd had enough. Like, there was two issues in a row that completely 
had nothing to do with Spider-Man. <laughs> like, the other Spider-Man book was doing a lot of cool stuff with Spider-Man. I've talked about it a little bit before where, like, Aunt May found out he was, you know, Spider-Man and all this stuff like that. He had gotten a job being a teacher, all this kind of, you know, new stuff going on in Spider-Man's life, you know, moving him forward. Yeah. And there's these two issues of uh, Peter Parker's Spider-Man. One of them was about a, a private eye who has made it his mission to figure out who Spider-Man is. And he's going around, he's interviewing people who have seen him and, and all this kind of stuff, and he's, he's trying to figure it out, you know, the mystery of who is Spider-Man. And then at the very end, he's like, oh, I figured it out. And he goes to confront him. And you just see, you know, it shows, uh, just shows the private eye. And he's like, I know you're Spider-Man, confess. And then you, the thing turns around, and he's talking to J. Jonah Jameson. Oh, of course. Yep, that's Spider-Man. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, all right, that was a complete waste of an issue. <laughs> the character we'll never see again and his crusade to figure out who Spider-Man was. And then the next issue right after this, it's like, all right, now they're certainly going to get back to Spider-Man action, right? Nope. Next issue is about like a little black kid who's like, I think his mom was on drugs and like his dad was out of the picture. So he would like imagine that Spider-Man was his friend and then Spider-Man took his mask off and he was a black guy. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> oh yeah. So, no real Spider-Man is in this issue. <laughs> no even Spider-Man related characters is in there in this issue. <laughs> was this just a PS or PSA announcement? That's what it felt like. It's like that issue of like remember did you forget that Spider-Man Storm and Luke Cage issue in school where it was like about them telling people not to smoke? Um, I don't know, but I know what you're talking about, though. <laughs> I used to give them on for free, I think, when I was in, like, grammar school. But, uh, yeah, it pretty much felt like that. And the worst part is that, like, at the time, there was also this other, this, like, um, this other spinoff Spider-Man book called Spider-Man Tangled Web, where it was about stories like this, like stories where, you know, maybe it was about a villain this month or it was about someone who had had an interaction with Spider-Man, like someone who he had saved or something like that, where it was, you know, stuff that didn't really connect to Spider-Man himself, but it was, you know, connected to Spider-Man. So if you're going to do stories like that, go do it for that book. (laughs) (laughs) Don't do it in a regular book. Like, that should be actually about Spider-Man. Very Adorable. upsetting. No, <laughs> Makes me so mad. <laughs> um, all right. So number three. Oh, I know I, we talked about this one before. Um, this is an issue uh, called Deadpool Trace Punto Uno. Now, Marvel does this every once in a while. They'll have like a, you know, a little bonus issue, I guess. So instead of, like, having, you know, uh, just going from Deadpool issue 3 to issue 4, they'll have this special, like, Deadpool 3.1. And it's supposed to be, you know, in between those two, essentially, without have I don't know why they don't just, you know, have two issues and just go to issues 4 and 5. But no. <laughs> I guess this is supposed to be its own. They just, you know, they basically just want money is really what it all comes down to. Yep. But, uh... <laughs> So they do this, and, you know, whatever, it's fine. Uh, I'm on the Deadpool pull list, so they always pull it for me, uh, even these, you know, bonus issues. And so I ended up buying it, and 
only when I got home did I realize that this Deadpool 3.1 or Deadpool Trace Punto Uno, as it's called, was entirely in Spanish. Oh, and you there was no translations yeah. in there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> I know what it is. It was I'm ridiculous. Beauty. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not going to Google Translate every single thing in here. It'll take fucking forever. And then, like, a month later, they finally, like, are like, oh, uh, here's, here, we're going to re-release it in English. It's like, God damn it. <laughs> now i got to buy it again? <laughs> That's pretty fucked up. <laughs> so I can finally read this fucking thing? And I finally did then, and it was terrible. It's <laughs> <laughs> definitely not worth it. They <laughs> <laughs> fucked, fucked you so good. They fucked me twice. Didn't even say thank you. <laughs> so funny. Oh my god. Oh man. And yeah, this this massacre character that they are introducing there, who's like this Spanish guy dressing up like Deadpool. He's become a part of Deadpool's book now, and every time he speaks, it's all in Spanish, and there's no translation. <laughs> It's like, God damn it, I'm not, <laughs> I don't want to type this in translate every time, so I just basically ignore it and just hope it was nothing important to the plot. <laughs> hope it goes away. Like, skip. <laughs> if you just ignore it, it never happened. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, that's another thing that's pissing me off about Marvel is it seems like they're doing that with everything, like, They'll just have things in other languages and then not translate it anymore, which is dumb. Doesn't make any sense. Ain't nobody got time to translate all this stuff. You know, the only time that should have happened was with that Deadpool one. That that that's great. <laughs> that's just Deadpool right there. That makes sense. <laughs> Thematic. <laughs> only if it comes out on April Fools. <laughs> <laughs> I got. And then they got me good. <laughs> Got you where, and then the the trans the English translated one comes out the year one year later. Oh shit! <laughs> oh, you That'd got me perfect. again. You got me with a bad comic. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, you've you've done it. Good times. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty funny. All right, so my number two. This was an entire month's worth of books. <laughs> A whole terrible month. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Yeah. Um, I think it was like 2001. Uh, they had decided, you know, every once in a while they'll have special months like this. Like they had flashback months where every issue had like a negative one issue. And it would be something that took place, you know, way before, um, you know, the book started kind of thing. Like back to that character's childhood or something like that. Um, yeah. Or, you know, different looks at things we we never gotten to see from way back in the past. Like, that that was cool. I like that one. Um, or, like, you know, DC recently, like, the last couple of years, had that Villains Month or whatever where all the, like, Batman books were yeah. with Riddler. And, yeah. So some of these, you know, months like that, they work out. They're pretty cool. But enough said month, not so much. <laughs> Uh-oh. Now... 
<laughs> Nuff said is like a big, I think it's, I think it's one of the, you know, Stan Lee's catchphrases essentially that he started. Um, it's definitely something you see in, on a Marvel cover a lot or uh, in the tease for the next issue kind of thing. Basically, like any time there's something like, uh, you know, that speaks for itself. It's just like Wolverine versus Sabretooth. Nuff said. It's like, yeah, that's all you need to know. Like, this is going to be good. You, yeah. you want to check it out. But in, for this month, it was not anything like that. Nuff said took on a whole different meaning. Uh, this time around, they used Nuff said as meaning there uh, was no dialogue or caption boxes or any kind of words of any kind in the book. Huh. So every issue of every Marvel comic that month was just a silent issue, and it was just all pictures. Wow. And I don't know if you've ever <laughs> tried to read one of those. It takes about, you know, less than a minute, <laughs> and you're done. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much, yep, done. flip through it, and I'm done. <laughs> I paid three <laughs> bucks for this. Fuck. Enough <laughs> <Nuff> said. <laughs> it's like, God damn it. So it either, it either had to be, like, super simple stories that you could figure out via pictures, because it's not like, I mean, you know, at least on TV or something, you can kind of read people's facial features and stuff more, or, like, read their body right. language a little bit, but comics you don't necessarily have that much luxury to do that it's a little harder to tell if the artist is amazing but right so it's got to either be really simple or people like uh, the grant morrison that we talked about like he wrote some weird x-men thing that i fuck if i know what the hell happened in there <laughs> they had to kind of explain it later on just try to catch people back up because it was like professor x like in the womb like strangling his twin or something like that and she's like uh, i don't understand what's going on here some caption boxes to explain this would really help out. <laughs> but yeah, so, I mean, like I said, when every issue takes you under a minute to read, it's just like, oh, this is a waste. I want my life back. <laughs> Where's my $2? All right. Oh, and now we're at the big number one. I'm so excited to hear this. <laughs> this is the one that fills me with rage. Ah, I don't even know where to start with this. All right. Uh, so we had talked. <laughs> we talked before about the uh, J. Michael Straczynski run on Spider-Man and how it ended, you know, terribly with the whole getting rid of his marriage to Mary Jane uh, via a deal with the devil, essentially, <laughs> to keep Aunt May oh, alive. Oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But there is a story worse than that that had come out a little bit before that. Uh, it's a, it was a, I think it was a five-issue thing. It all happened in Amazing Spider-Man. I want to say it was like issues 5, 14 to 19 or something like that. But uh, it's called Sin's Past, and it, it's just upsetting on every level. <laughs> ah, um, good, good. <laughs> I'll give you a little bit of a backstory here. So, um, you know, in the early days in high school, Peter was into, like, uh, Betty Brant, who was Jonah's secretary, and this girl at school, Liz Allen. But, you know, those things kind of fizzled out, and then he got to college, and he, he met Gwen Stacy, and, you know, he was really into Gwen Stacy, I'm sure you know from the movies. Um, 
He also met Mary Jane around that time. Aunt May had been trying to fix him up with her, and he didn't want to do it because she was all like, oh, you got to meet Aunt, uh, Anna Watson's niece. Like, she's got a great personality and stuff like that. And he's like, oh, God, <laughs> she must be ugly. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want nothing to do with this. So he kept making up excuses to get out of it. <laughs> but eventually he did finally, so, like, they're like, all right, Aunt May, I'll go. I'll meet her. <laughs> and then, of course, she opens the door, and that's when she's like, face it, Tiger, you just hit the jackpot. <laughs> Oh damn! <laughs> He's like, oh, why didn't she say that she was super hot? <laughs> that should have been number one. <laughs> you leave with that. But uh, Mary Jane, at this point, she's kind of like a party girl. Like, or at least she's playing that up a little bit more. You find out later on that she's playing it up a little bit because she has a lot of hard stuff going on at home that she doesn't want to deal with. Uh, so she's kind of playing up the party girl angle. So she and Peter, you know, they, they become friends, but they don't really, you know, go out too much. She ends up going out with Harry Osborne while Peter ends up with, you know, Gwen Stacy. And they go out for a long time. Um, about the same time, Norman Osborne uh, knocks Spider-Man out, unmasks him, and, you know, shows him that he's the Green Goblin. And they have a big fight. Norman Osborne gets knocked into this, like, electrical, you know, generator machine. And loses his memory of anything having to do with Green Goblin. <laughs> of course. Pretty convenient, but <laughs> that's the way they do it in comics. <laughs> oh, I just forgot this, this certain thing, but nope. <laughs> Everything else I remember. Yeah, just that, only that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so very convenient that way. Um, so Mary Jane and uh, Harry, they end up breaking up. Because Harry's, like, getting really into drugs. He's having a lot of drug problems. Uh, so he's yeah. trying to get Harry off drugs, but it's, you know, he keeps relapsing kind of a thing. And, like, every time that happens, like, Norman Osborn kind of has all the stress of his son relapsing kind of seems to bring back the Green Goblin. And then he ends up forgetting again, essentially. <laughs> <laughs> nice. They do some some wacky things in comics. <laughs> yeah, so so Peter and Gwen, you know, they're all together, they're in love. And uh but then Gwen Stacy's dad dies, uh, during a fight between Spider Man and Doc Ock. They're fighting up on top of a building and uh Gwen Stacy's dad, she's he's a cop and uh they're on the ground, they got the place, you know, cordoned off kind of thing. And Doc Ock's mm-hmm. flailing his arms around and he knocks a big chunk off the building, like off the roof, and if it's falling down it's gonna, you know, crush this little girl. So Captain Stacy, he jumps in and pushes her out of the way, but he ends up getting crushed by the falling debris, and uh, he gets killed. Oh, man. Yeah, and so Gwen's, like, devastated, and, you know, she, like, she blames both Doc Ock and, and Spider-Man. She's like, you know, if it weren't for them, my father would still be alive. And so Peter's just like, oh, fuck, what do I do now? Like, <laughs> I was going to marry this girl. How am I ever going to tell her I'm Spider-Man? Like, she fucking hates Spider-Man. She blames him yeah. for her dad's death. <laughs> But uh, so she ends up, she's, you know, real depressed, and she ends up going to Europe for a couple months to try to, you know, get her head on straight. Um, she of comes course. back, her and Peter, you know, re, you get back together and everything. Um, but then Harry has another relapse, and so Norman Osborn, you know, goes crazy, and he becomes Green Goblin again, and he kidnaps Gwen Stacy and, you know, takes her to the bridge and, you know, knocks her off, and that's where she ends up getting killed and that kind of thing. Now, since past comes along, uh, this was probably, I want to say mid-2000s, maybe like 2005, 2006. 
there's these two mysterious figures who are like uh, messing with Peter, and they're wearing like these ski masks, like black costumes and black masks kind of thing, and uh, they're fucking with Peter, and then like you see them take their masks off, and one of them is a you know a blonde girl looks a lot like Gwen Stacy, and the other one is a dude who looks he's got brown hair, so I mean he kind of seems like he could look like Peter Parker, so you're like oh shit like. And they like they you know you, they say that they mention that they're brother and sister, so you're like, what the fuck is going on here? Like, what's with these two? Yeah. Um, and mean, meanwhile, Peter I think finds some letter that Gwen had written him, but oh yeah, I think it gets sent to him by these kids. I think just to fuck with him, uh, that Gwen had written when she was abroad in Europe, and she says you know like oh um, you know I ha- I went away and I I couldn't tell you that like. Uh, I was pregnant. <laughs> and they're like, oh, shit. Oh, she right. had babies that, like, you didn't tell them about? Oh, no. This is not good. But then it gets even worse. Here's the real, the real kick in the nads moment right here. Is He's out in the yard. He's just, he's visibly shaken and stuff like that. Mary Jane comes home, and, and he's kind of, you know, telling her about this. And she, he's like, but I got to tell but, the, you know, there's something I got to tell you. Me and Gwen never had sex. And you're like, oh, oh no. <laughs> oh, God, no. So, basically, you end up finding out that Mary Jane knew about this. She, like, Gwen had confided in her what happened and stuff like that. Um, and she told her about, the, about these kids that she had basically put up for adoption. And for some reason, these kids are like, you know, now they're like 17 because they like grew at an yeah. accelerated rate kind of a thing. Um, but so Mary Jane finally, you know, apparently has been sitting on this for years. <laughs> Gwen had these children out there. Probably should have told Peter about that at some point. But um, so, I mean, it's already getting terrible. Like, oh, this is, uh, this is not good. <laughs> Like, <laughs> you're kind of ruining the memory of Gwen Stacy right here. But it gets even worse when you find out who the father was. You want to take any guesses? Was it uh, Harry Osborne? Nope. Doc Worse. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Please don't say it was Norman Osborne. Yeah, <laughs> it was. I, I said, please don't say it was that. Please. <laughs> I wish I could. <laughs> but, yeah, they're like, oh, uh, apparently she went over there to, you know, to visit Harry one night, and Norman was just so distraught in his room, like in his, his den. And in his underwear. And comfort him, and, and one thing led to another, and it's like, what the fuck? <laughs> so Gwen Stacy, who apparently was not sleeping with Peter... I'm assuming because she was, like, saving herself or something. But she just decides to fuck this old man <laughs> because he looks sad. <laughs> now, when you put it that way. An old man who, I mean, I, granted, she didn't know he was the Green Goblin, but she did know that he was a fucking abusive asshole who had, like, beaten Harry and pretty much driven into these drugs. Well, she also knew <laughs> that he was also old. Yeah. <laughs> That's number so one. So you pretty much just you just turn Gwen Stacy into like the worst supervillain that ever existed, worse than any of the other ones he's ever faced. <laughs> Even worse than typeface. 
the best stuff to do. <laughs> it's just like, oh no. So they're, I mean, they really just, you know, ruined the memory of Gwen Stacy forever at that point. Like she was such a nice girl. Like she was always so smart, and like she seemed perfect for Peter. And I was like, oh, now she's just, she's a fucking bitch. <laughs> So they really, they seriously needed to go back and re, uh, retcon this uh, story out of existence. I don't know why they haven't yet, because it's just gross on every every imaginable level. <laughs> and I'm sure oh, they, they man, can do it. Crazy. Like, I mean, you've got, like, the jackal who was making clones of her and stuff like that. You could easily, And he was definitely, you know, in cahoots with Osborne at one point. So you can always say that, oh, yeah, you know, this was all made up. It was a clone and all this kind of stuff. There's definitely ways you can get out of this. But I wish they would just do it already because <laughs> it's just disgusting to think about. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. Best ending ever. <laughs> I don't know what they were thinking with that one. Oh. So upsetting. <laughs> That's why it's my number one for pure ickiness that factor pretty, alone. <laughs> the ickiness factor is a proper factor. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, we have about 20 minutes until I'm kicked off. <laughs> Should we do the board game segment? Uh, sure. Game time. Go ahead and play the jam. I'll try to pot it down a little bit this time so your ears don't blow yeah, off. Thank you. Um, 
just like all worlds, everybody already knows that. There's always an <laughs> epic creator war. So essentially what you're doing is you need to uh, uh, build an army of these mancers. Now the answers, the mancers are the things that manipulate the world and help create the world. Um, you, you buy the mancers to help put maybe water in the world or maybe uh, life in the world or plants, all these different things. So that's why you need to buy these mancers. Um, the mancers also have a combat value. So essentially what you're doing is uh, you have a, an attack and a defense. And unfortunately, this world is filled with these crazy monsters. And you can kill the monsters. And depending on what color that monster was, so if it was like a red monster, you'd gain a red mana. Now, certain mana or certain colors of mana will unlock certain abilities that these mancers have. Like maybe the the pyromancer, um, I can't remember, uh, you unlock the fireball ability, which allows you to kind of clear out some of your deck. Um, maybe it's a little too clogged up with some of these uh, gold that you don't really need anymore. Maybe you don't want those magic mancers anymore. So you can kind of like clear out the deck of some of the things you don't really need anymore. It's like X-Lag. Um, It'll clear out your system. Yeah, yeah. So you all these crazy different mancers, and uh, they'll all do different things, and they, you're trying to kill all these monsters. Now, there's two different types of monsters. There's bosses, and then there's minions. Regardless of who you kill, you still gain a mana of that color, but if you're able to kill a boss monster, you move up in rank. So if you kill a level one boss monster, you move up one spot. If you kill a level three boss monster, which are really hard to kill, you move up three spots. Um, and of course, uh, like I said, once you make it to the tenth rank, triggers and it ends there. So the game can trigger in two different ways: um, by the, somebody reaching the tenth spot, or once you've gone through all the monsters in the monster deck. Now, what you do is you're going to tally up points. Then, now, if you're the one who triggered. Uh, wherever you're at in the rank tracker, say you're, you were the one who triggered it, so you have a 10, you already start off with 10 points. Then there's other ways you can get points for the end game. You can't, uh, you're, if you're going to count up all the different monsters that you've killed. So uh, if you killed a level 1 monster, now you've gone from 10 to 11. And then you count up all the different uh, leveled monsters that you've killed. So, you know, if I killed a level 2, then I'll be level, uh, you know, I'll have 13 points. And then you're just going to be counting up all these different level monsters. Now, maybe you want to go for the uh, the other strategy in the game, which is the buying. Um, all the monsters also have different levels. So at the end of the game, you'll count up all those levels as well. So you'll count up all the level monsters, all the level monsters, and then wherever you ended up on the rank track. The person with the most points at the end of the game ends up winning the game. Um, and it's all pixelated art. It's a fairly oh, yeah. basic game. But it does have some, like I said, there's different strategies. You can, you don't have to worry about maybe uh, going with the whole, you know, I, I don't care about killing bosses. I, I'll just stay away from that. And maybe just focus strictly on buying stuff. And maybe I can win the game by buying all the best mancers. Um, or you can go for, maybe I'll just try to kill all the minion monsters as I can. They're a lot easier to kill. So I'll just try to kill a bunch of those so I can add those to my, uh, to my trophy area. And uh, oh, that's that I would do. Yeah, you can definitely do that. Or you can be like that guy, well, I'm going to go straight for the bosses. If I kill all the bosses, I'll get 10 points right off the bat and go for that. So there's different strategies in the game. And, of course, there's different uh, mancer factions. So you got blue, red, yellow, and green. Uh, the yellow ones are really good at giving you more gold to use during your turn, so you can really kind of buy more stuff. 
but unfortunately the yellow ones are barely weaker than all the other mancers in the game. Um, yellow's also good at being a dick. Um, I know I kind of told you before, I think it was green that was that instant gratification. I kind of changed some of the stuff around, but yellow's good at being a dick. Um, they're kind of good at messing with the other player really, really good or really well. They're, they're the assholes. Um, the green deck uh, or the green factions are really good at manipulating your deck. So those are the ones that are going to allow you to draw more cards into your hand during your turn or maybe go through your deck and find something to put into your hand or go through your discard pile like the Necromancer. You get to pull off the top card of your discard pile to put it into your hand to use. So a lot of cool stuff with the green deck. Um, they're also very good with defense. So not so much with the whole attacking, but the defending, they're pretty good with doing that. Then there's the blue deck. The blue deck's really good at buffing, buffing yourself up, helping you try to kill some of these monsters to get rid of them. Um, and they're fairly balanced as well. So, uh, they're, you know, you'll see a lot of two twos, three threes, very good balance within the blue, the blue faction. And then lastly, there's the red faction and they're good at banishing and clearing out your deck of the cards that you don't need. So like getting rid of some of those gold coins, they're also good at making your opponent kind of discard cards. Um, so kind of like a small direct attacks to your opponent, um, so those guys are pretty fun, and they're good with attacking as well. So not good at defending very much, but attacking for sure. Um, so a lot of a lot of fun different mechanics just within the mancers themselves. And then of course you've got the monsters. So you got different level or uh, yeah different level monsters, different color monsters. Some monsters have abilities, so um, that's something that you oh, need to shit. look out for. And then I just added um, this new black faction. So essentially, uh, when you kill that monster, you get to keep it as a trophy, but you don't get any mana killing it. So it's just like, oh shit. Well, I have to get rid of it. It's locking <laughs> up the monster row, but I'm not going to get any mana for this. And if, and if there's ever any ties within the game, then you're going to count up the mana that you have. So if at the end of the game, for whatever reason, you had more, uh, you had the exact same amount of points as the other person, then the player with the most mana breaks that tie. Oh, so I guess that makes maybe, sense. Yeah, uh, it's good good tiebreaker in there. Um, and then, yeah. oh, what else is there? Uh, I just added last night because last night I had to revamp everything because the child said that my game was disappointing. <laughs> so I came home and I revamped the game. I made it slightly not easier. He's not mad. He's disappointed. He's just disappointed, and that made me feel horrible. <laughs> so um, essentially, uh, the monsters were too they were too hard to kill, and it dragged the game on. The game is supposed to be about a sixty minute game. Um, and it lasted about like two and a half hours and it was just, it was pretty just like, ah, oh, I just want this to finish. And it should be a fast paced game. Just like buying some cards, killing some shit, buying some cards, killing some <laughs> shit, fucking with that guy, killing some shit. So it should be a, a fun game like that. And, uh, and uh, unfortunately kind of just dragged. So rebalanced a lot of those guys, but then I also added stuff. So now, uh, like I said, every single player is a creator. So I made creator cards uh, today as well. And uh, essentially what it is is uh, a very, very basic, uh, I guess, ability that you have, but it doesn't cost any mana, which is great. So you get this free ability every turn. So if you play as the green player, you'll have the green creator. And the green creator allows you to draw an additional card every turn, which is so badass. Mm -hmm. Now, it doesn't always stay open. It only activates after you've killed one boss. Once you kill the boss, you open up your creator, which gives you a new ability, and it kind of gives a player, okay, I need to kill some bosses. I need to kill a boss so I can open up my, <laughs> my creator ability. 
So it kind of gives you uh, that, okay, I need to, I, I might want to go with the whole killing a bunch of monsters thing and not avoid or and avoid killing bosses, but I do want that ability. So let me at least kill one boss. So it kind of <laughs> kind of levels everything out. It's pretty neat. It's like you're unlocking an ability after you've killed something. I'm going to fall on my own sword oh. so I don't have to fight any of these scary monsters. Super cool. I just wish last night was a little bit better of a playtesting, but that's, that's essentially what uh, making games are all about. You're just playtesting them, trying sure. to make them uh, as best as you can possibly make them. And I'm, I'm really, really excited about this project because I know that once I tweak everything correctly, it will be a badass game to kind of just diddle around with and play. And if it is, if I can get it to an hour, I think I think that's where the happy spot's going to be. Um, and I think a lot of people will kind of grab onto it because it isn't a game that lasts forever. Like I said, essentially I want people to manage those different strategies and manage, uh, you know, Buying stuff, killing stuff, buying stuff, killing stuff. Have the most points at the <laughs> end, and I win. I win. Um, and then a, a lot of my inspiration from this came from Mage Knight. So in Mage Knight, you get mana to unlock. So you get cards that have abilities, but they have stronger abilities. But the only way you can unlock those stronger abilities is by using mana. And I was like, oh, you know what? I like deck building games. It's one of my favorite style games. Why don't I make a game like this? So... That's what I did, but they all have dice in Mage Knights. And I was like, oh, well, I'll bring the dice in. So that way, in the beginning of the game, when you start playing Mancers, um, you're not completely out of luck when you have uh, certain abilities that you want to unlock. So essentially, you, you have these dice, and on each side of the die, you have red, green, blue, uh, yellow, one die, uh, one color that's like all all, all four of those, so you can just play that for any ability, which is pretty cool. Um, or there is the, uh, uh, is, uh, there's a purple die, or I'm sorry, purple purple mana for unlocking spells and stuff like that. So a lot of different ways to kind of play the game, and uh, the, the mana, or the magic mancers, allow you to re-roll some of those dice in case you don't like them. Um, so you can manipulate the ways. It's not just completely luck. And that's what I find fascinating about the game. And that's why I like, mm-hmm. uh, uh, what the hell is it called? Uh, Mage Knight so much. It's, you're not just always stuck. At least you had maybe some chance with those dice. So you're not just like, oh man, I need to kill a red monster so I can use these abilities, but I can't ever get a red monster. Because the monsters come out randomly. <laughs> that's good. So. Yeah, I like it. Sounds like a good yeah. balance. Yep, yep, yep. So I'm I'm super excited for this game, and I'm praying to God that once I get it balanced, which I've just ordered the cards literally probably about 15 minutes ago, I should have them by the Damn, end of this week. Damn, that's quick. Yep, I don't fuck around. Um, it should be a good time. <laughs> should be fairly when fun you to play, play test it again. I'm fairly excited. Uh, yeah, I know. I'll, I'll be play testing it hopefully this weekend. Uh, is the goal. Oh, so. Shit. Yep. Um, but yeah, World of Etheria. I think this is going to be the game, man. I mean, I keep saying that about a lot of things, but I think this is probably the more streamlined kind of game that I think would see, uh, I don't know, popularity. Not extreme popularity, but enough to like get into the market, if that makes sense. I like it. Yeah. It's fun for everyone. Fun for the sun. <laughs> Whatever that means. Whatever that means. <laughs> Fun for your sons. 
Not your daughters. Don't let them play or read. No, no, no. <laughs> no. Or do math. You stay. Women's are icky. Women's are all icky. <laughs> I heard they have cooties. Everybody knows that. They do have cooties. That's why I always have to do circle, circle, <laughs> dot, dot in the morning. <laughs> that all makes sense now. <laughs> yep. You know. <laughs> you don't know, now you know. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, so real quick, uh, I know I've got like five minutes left, but I have to, I got to share this with you, Kevin, because I know this is another, oh. so I got this, uh, I got this game that, and that's who was at the, the door was Amazon. They're handing me my package and you know how oh, in like Machi Coral, um, you can buy like the, like the purple buildings that have like this like mm-hmm. effect that always stays in play the whole time. So I got this game yep. called Mystic Veil. It's a, it's a deck building game, and every single card in the game is clear, like it's like see through. And essentially, oh. you're taking these little different slotted cards that go inside the sleeves, and you're creating your own cards. And then you can buy like different veils, which are those like purple buildings from Machi Coral, and they just stay in play the whole time. Um, they give you cool abilities or victory points at the end or whatnot. But uh, it's really cool because like you got all these crazy clear cards. Oh man, I'm so excited to play this. Um, but what is, I want to see a picture of these clear cards. That's interesting. I know. I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll see if I can try to. Uh, I'll send you some pictures or whatnot. But it is super cool, and it comes with a whole thing. It's of so clear, clear you can't even see them though. Yes. Well, I mean, there's there's portions <laughs> of them. So there's a, a top portion of the card, then you got a middle portion, and then you've got a uh, bottom portion. So when you put them in the sleeve, if it's a top portion that you're putting in the sleeve then you have two more slots, a middle section and then a uh, bottom section. So then when you buy a new card, maybe it'll be a bottom section for that card that you played. So it's crazy, man. It's so crazy. I've never seen a game like this, ever. I was like, all right. <laughs> I got a bonus. I got my uh, a Christmas bonus from my job. I got a like, this is just... <laughs> I got a boner and a bonus. So it's kind of like, oh, this is a no-brainer. Huh? Let me get this game. Sounds neat. I'm intrigued. Yeah. But, yeah, I'll send you some pictures because this is definitely interesting. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. We talked about yeah, a lot. Yeah, yeah. Learned about a lot of games today. So people can do their Christmas yeah, shopping. Sorry. By games. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, everybody. Yeah, stay away from the things that Kevin was talking about, though. <laughs> you don't buy those. Unless you hate people. Yeah. <laughs> if you hate your relatives, <laughs> you hate buy them those. <laughs> Look, I bought you something to read. Oh, you're so thoughtful. This was crap. <laughs> you must think I'm crap. Thank you. You're stupid. <laughs> <laughs> you must become crap. <laughs> yep, 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 they are. They're all crap. All righty, everybody. Well, this has been another exciting adventure from the good old uh, Original Janksters podcast. I just want everybody to remember to have a safe Christmas. If I don't talk to you before that, which I hope I do. But Hopefully if I we will. Yeah. Have a safe Christmas. Yeah. I, I want to do one next week. Um. I have a four-day next week. But continue flipping your tip, everybody. This has been another one from Peter and Kevin. Have a great rest of your week. Thanks for